0: hello martin from the future here i just wanted to let you know that we are spoiling star wars the end of the sixth sense and the ultimate spider-man comics as well as tax returns thanks for your time enjoy the show hi i'm niv hi i'm martin and we're asteroids in exile Uh, We're recording a podcast. Why though? Why? Well, you're from a unique cultural background with growing up in Australia and discovering the wonders of the world in the time that you've been, that you've spent on this planet so far. And I'm from Austria. I'm stuck behind the Alps.
1: (laughs) Stuck behind the Alps. I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm not Hannibal. I can't cross them.
1: (laughs) Right. So, yeah. I think the key thing is, uh, you know, we're two geeks and we wanted to pretty much jump on the bandwagon before we hit peak superhero this year. So we've got what, how many movies coming out? Like a load, a lot, a lot of movies. And, um, we've been having a lot of movies building up for the last couple of years, but this year is going to be the big one with Batman v Superman. And, uh, we really wanted to sort of just get our thoughts down, sort of take stock of where we're at with superheroes in the, in the culture. And, um, you know, get all that done before it's all over because it's probably all going to be over by the end of this year, right?
0: Yeah, and we, we haven't even seen anything of the uh, two-part Avengers 3 movie
1: yet. Yet, yeah. So by the time that comes out, you know, what's it going to look like? So we've already seen sort of box office decline uh, as these movies are coming out. So the key thing is um, we wanted to get through this year, which is probably going to be a big year. So we've got a whole heap of movies coming out. Plus, we also wanted to discuss comics, um, graphic novels, TV shows, anything else that's geek-related. So, where are we going to start?
0: Yeah, let's start with the movies we're looking forward to. Yeah. Or oh, there was this um, this little movie that came out last year, Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force <laughs> yeah. Awakens, that almost killed Avatar box office wide.
1: Right? Almost, but didn't quite. Didn't quite. First of all, are you happy about that? Are you happy that Star Wars didn't
0: kill Avatar? Or did you want it to? As a as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I wanted it to slaughter Avatar yeah as a as a human being i don't really care it it did well <laughs> enough of people earned a lot of money probably the wrong people and that's fine with me
1: so but yeah i mean as a james cameron fan and as an avatar i'm not uh, i'm not so much an avatar fan but i like the fact that james cameron has uh <laughs> it's like i don't know three movies in the top 10 it's ridiculous but it's cool so i was interested to see whether star wars could actually topple that on the box office but just didn't manage to.
0: No. And it will be interesting once Avatar 2 hits uh, to, to, <laughs> uh, cinemas if it can uh, replicate the, the success of its predecessor.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing about the first one uh, was that it was just the, the technology aspect of it, which is what made everyone just go watch it multiple
0: times, right? Yes, we haven't seen anything quite like it.
1: Yeah, it was brilliant. Like just in terms of the 3D, it was just a great execution. The thing is, though, is Avatar two going to bring another technological, um, you know, advance to movies? Because if it doesn't, then it probably won't have the same sort of mix of repeated viewings and things like that. Because overall, like the the Avatar story was pretty simple.
0: Yes, Warden and I reader. think James Cameron is is aware of that fact.
1: Yeah. So hopefully he's gonna he's got another ace up his sleeve, like technologically. Uh, and that's kind of why I like James Cameron movies. Is you know technically, I think they're really good.
0: Yes, yes, and, uh, but I hope that he brings uh, a bit more story to the to the second part because there are a lot of things that he could have done uh, better in the first movie.
1: Yeah, well, you know, well, like have a story, <laughs> have a, yeah, have an actual different story. Yeah, um, so we'll see what, like, what Star Wars. What do you think of Star Wars overall, though?
0: Uh, I think it's it's great that it's back. It's um, even even uh, with all the, of the flaws that are in the movie. But kind of get um, redacted uh, by the by the supplemental material that comes out. Uh, it's still a, a great movie, and I think it's um, it's also uh, how should I put it? It's the birth of a new new parody uh, <laughs> of, of of new movies. You know, yeah. you have no white uh, male uh, lead, and that's that's a great thing.
1: Yeah, it's cool. From a, I mean, from a just mixing it up and bringing it into a new generation. It was good. Um, I think it's it's a little bit sad that there's no actual overarching story. But if you look at the previous overarching stories, I mean, they, they, they were they were great. But in the grand scheme of things, now that episode seven has come out, they didn't really add up to anything, did they? Because the rebels kind of everything they achieved, everything's still the same. So
0: <laughs> yeah, and everything everything they they built got destroyed in like a, a, a two two minute sequence.
1: Yeah, so it's it's almost like a retcon or a uh, just like a reboot, you know? Like we just eh, don't worry about them. Here's where, here's where the real story starts. But the, the sad Republic part is me, dead. Yeah, the sad part for me is that the story is not going to end now because Disney is just going to keep this thing going forever and ever. Yes. So there's really no end to the story. It's just gonna it's gonna snowflake out into all these different directions.
0: But yeah, with um. The, the legacy movies i don't know how they are called uh, rogue one or a star wars story with with those movies yeah. uh we can we can at least get uh different flavors from from the same universe like spy movies or, or adventure movies you could do an indiana jones like uh thing in one of those
1: yeah that that would be cool i mean it's effectively what they what they've got now is the star wars universe right so it's all about telling stories inside that universe the universe itself is the attraction not so much knowing the overarching story of the Skywalker family or something like that. Yes. I think that may still be some sort of uh, structure that they sort of tie everything back to. Um, but like you said, you know, they're just going to take it multiple directions and have different genres and stuff like that, which would be interesting. And the universe is cool. You know, it's yeah. cool. It's a cool place to spend some time. It's a nice holiday to have.
0: <laughs> yeah. It depends on the planet. I don't want to spend my holiday on tattoo, you know, Jakku. Oh, Hoth. <laughs> a Coruscant for that matter
1: yeah Coruscant would be it would be like
0: I don't know or, or not in the lower levels at least
1: cities can't well, you know if you got a whole city that's a planet <laughs> it would be kind of dry maybe cool um that was Star Wars I'm excited though for the next set of uh, movies so we'll see I think J.J. Abrams did a good job to just ask more questions and answer
0: yes he, he did a solid job it's not uh, there's nothing extraordinary about it but it's a solid movie
1: it wasn't brilliant, but it was satisfying. <laughs> the whole thing was a spring pad for what comes next. Yeah. Unfortunately, we've got to wait some time for that.
0: Yeah, and they, they, they pushed it back to December 2017 from, from the May release date. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. First they thought about making Star Wars a, a Christmas franchise or a, a December uh, a release in, in, in every year. And I, I guess with, uh, all the, the changes, the, the public demands now of those movies, uh, they pushed it back to, to December.
1: Right. Okay. I didn't know that because I was still expecting them to be, to change to a May, um, time frame, but December makes more sense. I mean, well, it's better. So one of the things I think, you know, my, uh, group from university, we get together every Christmas, uh, cause these movies generally come out around Christmas in Australia. So we, um, we have, um, Boxing Day, which is, December 26th after Christmas and we normally get together on December 26th and we watch something so if Star Wars is going to come out on that sort of schedule that would be cool that
0: would be nice
1: that's our movies for the next couple years locked in
0: for the rest of your life
1: (laughs) well if they if they manage to do one a year yeah yeah we went to watch Star Wars last year actually I didn't join last year but they went and I met them Um, so cool and so what comes out before then so we've got a whole like this year's movies coming up right
0: yeah, well this year this year we have the big 2 punching it out.
1: Ooh, the big 2, Batman, v. Superman, yeah. And Captain America. So it's not it's like it's like a tag team, isn't it? <laughs> the big
0: tag. 3, yeah. But you know Iron Man didn't make it in the title. Well, of, of Civil War
1: probably going to be 80% of the movie anyway, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the advertising. So you know that Robert Downey Jr kind of muscled his way back in and said, "Nah, I got to take over this movie."
0: I, I'm not done yet.
1: Yeah. So, what's your expectations for Batman v Superman?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure what to expect of this movie. I don't expect much of the Man of Steel. Uh, I expect an interesting performance by Ben Affleck. Yeah. And I'm not sure about um, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Is it Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, I'm not sure what to what to think of him. Um, but then I'm. Uh, I'm kind of fed up with the whole DC universe as as it is at the moment. Which part of the
1: DC universe though? Like the New 52? Like are you talking about the comics or the movies?
0: Uh, the the comics and the, and the TV shows. I, I don't think that DC has has a plan. They're just um, they're trying to grab uh, a lifeline, so to say.
1: Yeah, they're just all over the place. It yeah. it feels like.
0: But I haven't seen Legends of Tomorrow yet or any of uh, any episode of Supergirl which i heard is is a very good show.
1: Yeah, i watched the early episodes of supergirl, but it kind of kind of got a bit boring for me and i stopped, but apparently it's got a lot better, so i will give it another go. And the Yeah, flash, I did I saw, oh, sorry. Yeah, the flash is going to turn up on um
0: Oh, yes, they're having a crossover.
1: Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, so just in terms of <laughs> the fraction universe, there's just so much DC out there. There's the comics, there's the TV shows. So I watch Arrow and Flash and I've watched, I think, the first couple episodes of um, Legends of Tomorrow, which was all right. And then the movie versions are going to be completely different again. So it's like, how many versions of these characters do we need? You know?
0: Yeah. And they even moved uh, the DC offices to, to Burbank, I think. So they, they can can produce everything in-house and they're still not able to do a unified version of the of the, the moving characters, so to say.
1: The moving characters, you mean like the uh, the live action, right?
0: The live action I'm sorry, yeah the live action characters. and that, that's a bit disappointing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what it's like Warner Brothers is kind of like um, every department has its own head, and so they they're, they're all trying to just make their departments um, stuff. Right, and they're not—they're not really talking to each other. That's why they don't have like a Feige at the top, sort of orchestrating this whole thing.
0: But that could be a good thing, you know. You could use that to your advantage to do, to not have a Kevin Feige uh, a head figure. That uh...
1: it's—it should be more innovative. I mean, you've got all these different pockets of things, but the problem is, I think you know, some of them should become better than others and take over. Whereas Mm -hmm. they're all just coexisting in different universes and different worlds. It's just watering down the overall thing. So, I mean, it's good. It gives us variety because you've got, you know, stuff, you know, everything from Teen Titans to um, the Flash and Arrow, which I think are fun, to um, the Batman v Superman and Man of Steel stuff, which is very dark. So at, at least different shades. Whereas Marvel's only starting to do that now, I think, you know, with what they've got in the cinematic universe versus what's on Netflix and they've got the animated stuff as well, which doesn't tie in, right? It's not part of the movie canon.
0: The, the animated stuff is not part of the movie canon, but that's what uh, DC could use to their advantage the the multiple Earth, uh, the multiverse they they they've set up, because we can we can see a more a dark version of, of Batman and Superman in in the movie, but we could also get um, a live action version that is a bit more lighthearted, you know, back to the roots. Make Batman ca- Batman has to be a grim to work to a certain degree but he's such a, a stretchable character that they can bring in uh, some more wacky concepts the same with with superman you know make him the man of tomorrow again the, and, and and not focus on on him being the man of steel
1: do you think that's their overall plan i think hope so like I, 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 that dc's building this massive multiverse right i, I hope
0: so they are doing i i haven't watched uh season two of the Flash yet but they bring in uh jay garrick from earth two yeah which is so, this art, art Deco Earth, from what I heard? So, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, <the> se- <laughs> season two is already running. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm spoiling anything. You may not have watched it yet.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's the thing with spoilers now. It's like, people have put spoiler alerts that are only rumors. It's like, if it's a rumor and it's not actually substantiated, then is it a spoiler? But people put spoiler alerts out for that. That's crazy.
0: It's very considerate of them. Well,
1: the thing is, if you don't want to even hear rumors, what the hell are you doing listening to a podcast or reading an article about it? You know, it's like if you don't want to know, just don't read it.
0: Just don't read. Yeah, I, I've got immune to this. I've read a, 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 a leaked a leaked script of episode seven two weeks before the movie was released because I don't care anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't care it's like yeah, I'm just gonna read the whole thing. it's like what yeah,
0: just fuck it. It, it oh I'm sorry I cursed uh, I can curse. uh
1: <laughs> we'll have to put a language warning as well as a spoiler warning at <laughs> the
0: start i i i try i try, i'm I'm really trying to not curse from from now on
1: okay, let's see how you go with that
0: <laughs> usually it won't work <laughs> no. I'll try and keep it together uh <laughs> So yeah, sorry for spoiling uh, things about uh the Flash.
1: No, it's fine. I mean, look, you'd, I think he's been in the advertising anyway, so it's fine. And I don't care. Like, I think we need to sort of establish what's going to be a spoiler. I think it's only a legitimate spoiler if, if, like, for one, it happens for sure in the movie, right? Okay, so let's use the Sixth Sense as an example, right? Yes, you know the movie with um, I see dead people. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, but. Bruce Willis is dead through the whole movie, right? So he's a ghost. I think telling people that if they haven't seen the movie, that's a spoiler. But talking about what may or may not happen in a movie that's coming out in 2017 is not a spoiler. No, that's
0: not a spoiler, definitely not, not.
1: We don't know, you know? So I think that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. Like, for example, there are spoilers in, in uh, episode seven, right? Uh, with what happens to certain characters on a bridge. <laughs> so that's a spoiler because it actually happened. And if you haven't seen the movie, you don't want to know, right? Or potentially you may not want to know. But, um, but you know, if we're talking about what's going to happen in Rogue One or, uh, you know, whether Doctor Strange is going to have a green cape, I don't think that's a spoiler.
0: No, that's not a spoiler. That's just, you, you're going to see it anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're going to see it anyway. And we don't know whether it's going to be true or not. So it's not, it can't be. So anyway, I think that's the thing. So the thing with Jay Garrick, I think, yeah, I mean, for sure. he's. And the other thing is, if it's already been in the advertising, like at this point, we know that Doomsday is going to be in Superman, um, in Batman v Superman. So not so much a spoiler because they friggin' told us.
0: Yes. Did they confirm that it's Doomsday?
1: I mean, it looks like Doomsday and it think like Doomsday. <laughs>
0: yeah, My theory is that they could bring in Bizarro because uh, in the trailer he has um, Zod. On an operating table, perhaps try to clone him and and make him a version of, uh, you know, combine Superman's DNA with General Assault's DNA.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But Bizarro's actual human, is, I mean not human, I mean he's he's like a Bizarro, he's like a backwards version of Superman, isn't he? Like he's actually got the, the backwards Superman shield on his chest and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but isn't it canon now that Bizarro is a failed attempt to clone Superman? Is
1: it? Oh, right.
0: I'm not sure.
1: I thought he came from an alternate world, but I did, did don't really all know all that much about Bizarro or Superman.
0: I think it's canon now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, canon
1: nerds. Canon nerds, let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah, let us know. Write us an email.
1: <laughs> we need um, we need a um, Twitter account or something for this that so people can talk
0: to. Don't worry, I'll set everything up.
1: Yeah. So just in terms of the uh, this whole podcast operation, Martin really is the brain's... Um, And the technical genius behind making all of this work.
0: Oh, thank you. The technical genius.
1: Yeah. I just show up and talk. I'd be late because I ran out of coffee today. It's very, it's very tough
0: to get through this. And the problem is even if I send you coffee, it will, it won't reach you until Friday next week. Yeah. It's not like I can bring something over.
1: Off to Chicago. How long does that take? (laughs) Well, don't use USPS because that's super slow and, um, and probably won't ever get here because they're terrible. Anyway, random side rant. I guess you wouldn't be using USPS because you'll be mailing stuff from Austria anyway. So
0: it it will reach uh, USPS at 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 some point. I think our post carrier uh, works together with USPS.
1: Well, that's the that's the problem right there because uh, apparently the USPS depot in Chicago, like the distribution center, is just and i've had stuff mailed to me where it's just been stuck there for like three or four days and there's no update on the um on the tracking information and it's just like what's going on
0: yeah it's the same here with customs really yeah things get stuck for two weeks no oh, it's crazy customs
1: Can't I just get my stuff faster you know is that too much to ask
0: and then you have to rock up at the customs office and they're asking you why did you order this from japan for example because you can't get it here? Did you check hard enough if you could get it here?
1: You actually have to go and talk to them? Like you have to go and see, you have to talk
0: to people? What? I, I was interviewed once. I had to go to the to the customs uh, offices and get a parcel there. And I was asked why I did order stuff from America and not get it in Austria. And I don't know if that question was uh, asked in in the person's function as an and customs officer, or if he he, he was just curious as a human being.
1: Seriously? What, did they summon you, or did you just have to go, like...
0: No, no, they they summoned me. I got a letter. I had to to show ID to get the letter. Then I rocked up there. I had to wait for half an hour in a waiting area with other people, and I I had to uh, pick, I had to get a number.
1: Were you ordering, like, a massive... Amount of stuff, or was it? No, just- I
0: just ordered. It was a masterpiece, Soundwave, the US release, which is quite a big box. But I've ordered a bigger and more expensive stuff already.
1: So maybe there was looking at your um, looking at your records and see that this guy has a lot of stuff coming in from overseas.
0: The guy at the post office I used to know before he stopped working there said, "I have a a, a big, I have a big, there's a big folder with my name on it." With customs declarations and stuff
1: <laughs> oh my god big brother is watching it's
0: watching you yeah oh
1: it's crazy but yeah i mean that's the thing you just you know if you don't have it in austria what are you going to do and you're doing it legally anyway it's not like you're breaking the law or anything.
0: no 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 uh, everything is bought legally or i get uh i get a middleman to to get it for me the that there's that a customs go through custom for things, everything really yeah tight, I think so. it's not like anybody's smuggling things for me
1: yeah not like that no <laughs> Um, all right. So random, random. Yeah,
0: versus Superman. So,
1: but I still don't, I still haven't worked out what the customs deal and stuff is in America, um, to be able to mail stuff in here. I know that you will have to pay tax on things. Like it was brilliant being in Australia because you've got like, you only need to worry about being taxed on stuff that you're bringing in. If it's more than a thousand dollars Australian, whereas thousand us i'm not sure but anyway as long as it's under a thousand dollars you can you can have it imported into the country whereas here i don't know i think they pretty much look at tax for everything and you can get hit with uh, having to pay tax
0: yeah it's the same here i'm i'm really worried because i pre-ordered the iron giant figure from mondo figures um two two years ago or a year ago and i I forgot that i pre-ordered it it's it it ran me about three hundred dollars Right. And now I got uh, the notification that they will probably ship it this year in March. And I'm a, I'm sweating the customs declaration for this thing. Wow. I, I hope that somebody at Mondo, oh, I, I can't say it on the podcast. It will be broadcasted. <laughs> don't, don't write the real sum. I paid for it on the package. Please. <laughs> the secret.
1: Just just make it cheaper than it was. You know,
0: <laughs> hey, you know take a take hundred bucks off it. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So anyway, you know, that's the thing, you can't cheat death and taxes, right? It's tax season here in the US.
0: Yeah, you can probably cheat death easier than taxes.
1: Yeah, probably. That's that's right. The IRS will come after you in America. You you should hear some of the radio commercials they have for tax season and it it sounds like it sounds like there are SWAT teams <laughs> of like tax accountants coming out of the IRS and they're going to like break through your window and like, you know, abseil into your house.
0: (laughs) Well, we have kind of tax uh, SWAT teams here in Austria that go to building sites and check if everybody's registered for. And they have uh, like the the FBI jackets, the blue jackets, but on the back is uh, tax officers for checking if all your builders are legit. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That's like working for safety or is it like actual like, immigration or safety or like everything
0: Uh, it's everything combined together because you have to pay taxes for the people you employ and especially in 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 the builder line of work uh the black market is a very viable and often employed resource
1: right so when you say pay taxes for the people that's about paying their like um the wages yeah making sure they've got a wage and making sure you're collecting superannuation and stuff yeah. like that like all of that related stuff i see
0: okay and it's it's uh in austria we automatically pay our taxes with every paycheck that a company writes for us you don't have to do uh you just have to um you don't have to file a tax return at the end of the no year. you you don't yeah you'll you'll file it at the end of the year but you usually you're getting uh, a few bucks back
1: right okay 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 I- First time in America as well.
0: Oh, it's the same. Uh, I thought you have to pay taxes once a year for for what you earned this year.
1: Um, no, so they do collect tax throughout the year with your normal paycheck. Apparently, the, the way the system works, they kind of over-collect through the year. So normally when you file your tax return, you get some back. So that's the incentive to make sure. Oh, you- then
0: the systems are similar. Yeah. We have debunked a myth that I've been... Believing in for the last few years.
1: I've only been living in America for two months, so I may be wrong, but that's my understanding. <laughs> so, if there's any tax accountants out there, let me know. Yeah, let us know. Um, <laughs> so interesting. This podcast has went into tax for like <laughs> I don't know five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Uh, what do you? Uh, what are you expecting? I'm expe- I don't know. Like it's
1: weird. I'm excited uh, for it. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ben Affleck as um, Bruce Wayne. Yes. I think he looks really cool in the trailers. You know, it really comes across as a very different Bruce Wayne.
0: Yeah, he does. He does.
1: Yeah, the Nolan Bruce Wayne was cool and all, but he was very much, you know, very dark and brooding, Um, you know. But I think the Ben Affleck one feels a bit more, feels a bit, you know, Mature. He's aged. He's like a fine wine. <laughs> so I want to I see. I want to see how that comes across because we've 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 always had a, a, a Batman that's kind of in his mid thirties, right? So yes, I think you know even going back to Michael Keaton was around would have been around the same age. So kind of still in that phase where he's kind of like um, kind of young and um, you know playing the playing the bachelor, whereas the Bruce Wayne ones it'd be a little bit more jaded and cynical. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that comes across.
0: Did they confirm an an, an age the, uh, for the for the Batman versus Superman Batman? Is he in his in his 40s or 50s? I th-
1: I don't think they confirmed an age, but I mean, he's coming across like he's in his mid mid to late 40s. I mean, yeah, so it's more of a like a, you know, like a guy who's seen who's seen everything. Whereas the Christian Bale Batman was still discovering a lot of things and you know?
0: all. And then he quit?
1: Yeah, you know, he kind of, you know, had it get him down. Whereas this one feels like it's picking up after that Batman, you know, so he's, he's like gone through that journey of, of discovery and just seen how bad things can get. But he's gotten to the point where he's like, I have to fight back, because who else is going to and that's, that's kind of like the thing about Batman that is so attractive is that, you know, despite all of the odds, and despite everything that's going on, Batman's going to be the character that keeps on fighting to the very end, you know, and he's not going to give up to his own detriment. you know. <laughs> Because if I don't do it, who else will, as Kevin Smith once said. So I'm excited for that. I think Lex Luthor is going to be interesting. I like Jesse Eisenberg, but I don't know if I like him as Lex Luthor. So I was expecting um, kind of more of a Mark Zuckerberg type character. You know, someone who's a lot less. He feels just too kooky. He feels too light. And I don't know whether they're trying to do psychopath. But it's coming across as just someone who's just loopy. And that's what I'm not sure about.
0: I just had a I just had a thought about why I I don't like him as Lex Luthor perhaps because he he's definitely trying to chew the scenery if that works and he's really playing an a unlikable Lex Luthor uh, that will bring kind of a, a conundrum to to him because I say as a as a viewer I like him but I know he's the antagonist in this I shouldn't be liking him yeah I shouldn't want him to win
1: even as the antagonist, I think it's important that you get a little bit of empathy for where it's coming from. Uh, and for me, like, he's just so awkward, which is probably, you know, intentional, because he's effectively the, um, he's the, you know, to use the term geeky, but he's kind of like the, the geek in between the two jocks, you know, even the way he shows up in that, in that trailer scene where you've got Bruce and Clark having their, having their little discussion between them. And then he just interjects, and he's he just feels like so out of place. He's like, I'm. How am I going to work my way into these two awesome guys? You know, <laughs> that's what it feels like. And so it's kind of cringeworthy as well, but hopefully it's coming from a place where you can connect with that.
0: But with the, the I thought in in the scene you were describing, in the uh, he he comes off kind as a kind of menacing when he mentions uh, remind me that I shouldn't pick a fight with you.
1: Yeah. Do you think he knows at that point?
0: I'm, I'm not sure, but he came across as, as kind of, of 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 menacing. You know, I have the brains. You you might have the muscles, but I have the brains. I have a plan in mind.
1: Yeah, I can see that and I want that, but I just didn't get it. Then
0: there's Batman and Batman should be, or Bruce Wayne in this case, and he should be, he's supposed to be the guy who says, I have a plan for everything. I'm Batman.
1: Yeah, but what I liked about the way that he played it, the way, like, Bruce Wayne was so cool and collected in his takedown of Superman or of um, Clark, right? Yeah. In, in what he said, so like, you know, the irony that you t- talking about Gotham when your newspaper writes a puff piece about your hero in Metropolis, you know, it's just, it was such a, it was such a, it was like, he's obviously been, you know, it's, you know, again, it comes across as a, as a very mature way to sort of take it, to take Clark down because Clark obviously is much younger, right? So he's kind of in his mid 30s at that point, I would say. There is a like a potential 10-year age gap between them. But yeah, it's interesting the whole don't pick a fight with this guy. But I want to see like I want more from Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Like he can't just be that awkward smart guy, cuz that's a that's a that's a stereotype of a nerd, right? Like just be smart and I'm going to use my brains to take you down. But I think he needs to be he needs to have a much darker Streak, and he needs to show some backbone because that's that's what I didn't see, and that's what Lex Luthor always has. Like he's got a backbone, you know.
0: Well, there are action figures of his uh, armor, you know, like the, the green, yeah. the green uh, Iron Man suit that he 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 wears. Perhaps we're we're getting a big throwdown with him that he shows the. Ba- it would be it would be sad if the the sad backbone would be a, 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 a physical confrontation only. Because you have Batman and you have Lex Luthor, bring in some wit. I hope they they, they also play that you have the smartest guy in the world fighting against uh, the world's greatest detective. Yeah, that would be neat.
1: Well, that's a fight we haven't seen before, right? I mean, just because that's bridging the two sorts of um, worlds—the Batman world and the Superman world—so Lex versus Bruce, and they're both billionaires, and and, you know, that that sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's almost like too even a playing field at that point. It's the suit versus Lex's armor.
0: We haven't talked about Wonder Woman. Yeah, we haven't. And Aquaman. Well, that's what
1: I'm excited for. Like, I want to see how they do it, but it is Zack Snyder. And I don't know if, I'm, if I've got full faith that it's going to come across as, as awesome as I'm imagining it.
0: I think we'll see Aquaman at the ending. It will be a cliffhanger ending and Aquaman will rock up and say... Dudes, I found something in the sea and we have to punch it.
1: I want a badass Aquaman, but I don't think he's gonna like I I think like you said, he's just gonna show up. He's not gonna really have any sort of agency in this movie or affect the overall story. Um he's gonna be like at the end, hey, party in Atlantis. You
0: know? <laughs> that should be the name of the podcast.
1: Party in Atlantis.
0: There you go.
1: <laughs> party in <Atlantis. laughs> I- party- well, Wonder Woman does look interesting. Like um, the trailer versus like the way she's showing up in Batman v Superman compared to her own movie. Like obviously, there's going to be. It looks like it's, it's two different characters. In her origin movie, it looks like in, well, it's going to be set in World War One. So it's going to be however many years ago that was. Uh, twenty uh, nineteen
0: fourteen. So, hundred so, years.
1: Wow, hundred years. So that's going to be a hundred years ago. So she'll be a very different character because. By the time Batman v Superman happens, like it's a hundred years later, right? So she would have also aged and probably become sort of cynical slash wise in that time. So it'll be interesting to see what she as a character turns out to be. Cause she, I mean, we, we haven't heard her talk or anything yet.
0: No, no, we haven't. I haven't, I uh, haven't seen anything from, from her origin movie yet. Yeah.
1: There, there was, there was a thing that they released like maybe two weeks ago, of just her riding around on horses and, Look, it came across like she was still very kind of naive about man's world, right? So our world. So it'll be interesting to see how they sort of weave that in and how she sort of changes over time.
0: I hope they bring in the, the regal aspect of, of Wonder Woman, that she, is, she has a certain status in her society mm-hmm. and she's just uh, she's strong in body and and character i hope uh, they they bring that across and not play it too uh, uh to bring in too much uh, slapstick you know in the first tour movie they 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 had a neat balance between the slapstick of discovering our world mm-hmm. with throwing down the, the the coffee mug and uh trying to ride a hamster or something like that <laughs> and that was okay that was that was goofy and it was okay and i don't want the whole movie i don't want to overshadow the whole movie with with uh, discovering the wacky world of man.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think Thor probably did have a nice balance to that. Um, I don't know if Wonder Woman's going to have the same thing because she would have been around for like hundred years, right?
0: Yes, she, she, she should be uh, acquainted to our ways,
1: and and she would have f- been hiding out for that hundred years. So she w- would also just like Clark and Bruce be very good at managing dual identities and keeping herself. Whatever person, whatever human pe- persona she's got. So I think her name is Diana. What's
0: the yeah, last? Yeah, Diana Prince, I guess.
1: Diana Prince, that's the one. So yeah, I mean, so she would be having those two personalities, but when she's in costume, I guess, as Wonder Woman, really holding her own against Superman and Batman, like you know, even as powerful as they are, that she's not taking any shit from them. And technically, though, like she should be the more, she should have more perspective coming where she is, right? Just in terms of. Like you said, she is like royalty. She's been hiding out in the world for a hundred years. So she's got like, she's seen what has yeah, she seen stuff
0: Two world wars. Um,
1: while these two guys are duking it out. She's really the one that's like, you know, maybe we need to be looking at the bigger picture here. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. And it'll be very disappointing if, if she just comes across as just like the, um, the eye candy in the movie, you know, it's, she needs to bring more weight than that. Yeah.
0: But it's also uh, now that you mention it that she brings weight and everything to it. I, I, I hope that they, because in the trailers it seems like Superman still doesn't give a shit about humanity. Yeah, it, uh, and that's a sad thing because after the events uh, in Man of Steel, uh, it would be neat to see Superman trying to to abide for all the things that went wrong in 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 Man of Steel mm-hmm. and Batman still being uh, still being pissed about those events.
1: Yeah, I mean, how long?
0: Is the time, I
1: don't think it's that long between uh, Batman v Superman and uh, Man of Steel, right? Because
0: a year or something like that, five years? I don't, well, I, I think maybe
1: a year would work because it's still pretty fresh in everyone's mind. So, you know, I mean, it's effectively that trauma that everybody went through in Metropolis and Superman himself and Bruce was there, right? So it's all pretty much fresh in their minds. And so that's why I think it's all—it's still pretty raw, and nobody's really thinking straight at that stage. Superman, as well, I think he hasn't gotten to the point again—speculation, right? But he hasn't gotten to the point where he's decided what he's going to do with all his power yet. So he's still like, "What do I owe the world?" And yeah, I do need to have some sort of penance, perhaps, for everything that happened in Metropolis. But he, you know, I, I also did the right thing by taking down Zod because, like, no one else could have. So should I feel guilty for that? Like, and I think that's. If that's the conflict that he's going through, then it'll be quite cool to see, one, how that, because that's the journey he needs to go through. How will that get resolved? How will Bruce precipitate that? Like, how will Bruce help that? Um, And um, how Wonder Woman plays into that as well, right? So eventually, I think you want to get to the Superman where he is the Superman that we all know and love, where he will always do the right thing and, you know, always be on the side of good. But I think what's interesting about the character and why Superman's such a hard character to do, he has to have that journey. And if he doesn't have the journey, then he's just a boring Boy Scout. Yes. Yeah. So I do want to see that, you know, it'll be awesome. I don't know if, well, we'll see whether Henry Cavill can pull off that internal struggle, but uh, that's what I want to see out of that.
0: He, he should be able to, because you have a lot of uh, external devices That'll help uh, sell sell the transition of the character from from this point in his uh, evolution to to the the final point, so to say, to the to Superman we all know and love. Yeah, you can you can play this conflict out through all the the antagonists and and his allies, like like you mentioned. Will Batman help him get to that point? That would be neat to to see Batman as a mentor for Superman.
1: Yeah, I I do want to see that after the initial conflict that would be really cool to see because it's not something we've seen before, you know? And I think that's what I want. I want to see stuff that we haven't seen before. I mean, that's the, I mean, hopefully, you know, that's the exciting part, right? I mean, it's cool to see all the characters and it's obviously cool to see the powers on display and stuff like that. But for me, it's always been around that sort of character journey. So let's hope, you know, so final words, I mean, on Batman v Superman, excited, weary, worried. I will watch it,
0: but, uh, I have no high ex- ex- expectations. Okay. It will be entertaining, that's for sure. But uh, I'm not sure how much it will entertain me.
1: Right. I think I'm excited. I'm still on excited territory. I can't, it could go downhill. I think for me, anticipation is what's what's driving me. I've got a lot of expectations for where I'd like it to go, as we just discussed. But I think, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see if Zack Snyder can actually deliver based on everything that, you know, I've got mentally in my mind, so...
0: If they push back the movie to December and after this episode is released, we know we will get your treatment of the movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. All right, cool. So what else we got coming up? So the other big one this year is Civil War, right? So... Yes. Exp- expectations for that one?
0: <sighs> that movie will be... Uh, it will change the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I don't think we will... Uh, come out of this movie uh, like we we came out of Ant-Man that it will follow the the basic uh, Marvel formula movie formula, it will follow it to a certain degree, but I think this will be like a mini Avengers movie, Avengers 2.5.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, it's going to be pretty big. It's going to be a game changer. Did I hear that there was a script leak or something at some point?
0: I haven't heard anything. Uh -uh. Because I
1: this was like, I don't know, maybe weeks or months ago, I Didn't look it up because with the whole spoiler thing, like even now with Batman and the Captain America, I'm stopping from watching any of the trailers and stuff that comes out. I I don't want to know anymore. Like I want to be surprised when I get there. So I haven't really been looking into it that much. It's going to be some hopefully pretty big events that happen. I'm worried that they've got so many characters that it's going to be a mess.
0: I don't think we will get uh, much screen time uh for for the external characters like black panther he will show up he will be acknowledged and we we will learn a bit about wakanda i think
1: no well he's in the trailer so the the, the last major trailer they release i mean he's in there and he's got somewhat of a prominent role because they, cause they have like three shots of him right so that's pretty big so it'll be cool to see how they introduce him i'm very excited for black panther i mean that's a character that again super interesting super um different from what we've had before so it'll be cool i hope they don't just make it a stereotype character i hope that they make him him as the king of wakanda as wakanda as this massive technologically advanced hidden kingdom i hope they sort of play through on all of that and it's not just you know one of these images we have of a poor african country you know cuz that would be that would be disappointing cuz we've seen that i want to see something different
0: yeah my brother has an interesting theory about wakanda uh, it could serve in his head canon it could serve as a a nation where uh, Captain America and all the, the guys that are resisting the civil war reason to fight, it, it could act as a neutral nation where they can find refuge.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. It's the Switzerland of the civil war. <laughs> <Is that laughs> the, the Switzerland
0: of civil war.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, that'll be cool. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a, it would be a far way to go though, but I guess that's one place where they could seek refuge. And plus it's hidden, right? Because, like, what's the thing? It's like nobody really knows where Wakanda is, really.
0: Yeah, except for the Avengers. And they have uh, the the world's biggest uh, Vibranium production. They
1: control the Vibranium supply,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, interesting. And,
0: uh, yeah. Has Vibranium been mentioned in the cinematic universe so far? Oh, yeah. that's Yeah, yeah, in Avengers, in the second Avengers movie. Yeah, and the shield. Yeah. Uh, Cap's shield
1: is uh, made out of Vibranium. So, I don't know. Like, as a character, he has to be really cool, so... And I want him to, it'll be interesting to see how he shows up. Like if, if he's going to be, you know, going back to the discussion about Wonder Woman, as a king, he needs to have, he needs to be in command. You know, he needs to have confidence and that um, sort of way about him that demands respect. So it'll be interesting to see how that gets played out when you've got all these other egos fighting out as well.
0: Yeah, but on the other hand, I think the the cinematics universe, Steve Rogers is a very, you know he's he's he is Captain America through and through. His word is the law, but he also knows when to listen to other people. He's not that that stubborn. Mm-hmm. And i i i hope they i hope this plays into uh, him meeting Black Panther because I think Black Panther is on on his side in the movie, right? Um, <laughs> I hope I didn't misinterpret. Oh. Uh, just talking shit now.
1: You, you you never know because i mean he does sort of cover his entire face as a black panther so you don't know who he is right and i think steve rogers would be like he, he would have a um he would have a stake in not having secret identities revealed so
0: yeah yeah yes so that, yes you're I mean, right
1: we don't really know yet what the civil war is going to be about doing like, we don't know whether it's actually about revealing identities and stuff like that but uh, it's, I mean, there's a there's an element of re- registration in there. So
0: I also wonder what the event will be that sets off the chain reaction that leads to to the civil war. Because we've seen um, there's the scene in the tr- in the trailer where Tommy is holding uh, James Rhodes.
1: Yeah. So that's an interesting point. I don't think that's going to be the triggering event because I think the triggering event will be something to do with Bucky causing destruction or something somewhere, and that's when everyone says, you know what, we've had enough, and a lot of it comes out of Zakovia, so in Avengers two, when um, when Ultron raids that city, right, and so I think the fight with Rhodes, where um, Rhodes gets the power source ripped out of him, that'll be in the middle of the movie, like at maybe the end of the second act or something, like you know when things are like reaches there. And what's interesting about that is you've got Steve and Bucky and Falcon, right? I guess that group of friends. And then you've got Iron Man and his friend, Rhodey. And so it's like friends versus friends. And it's effectively like when you have a group of people and then like something splits them down. The, I mean, it's, it's like exactly what's happening.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, that's the cool thing about it to me is like how the friendships are going to work. Like, what's yeah, it's gonna a
0: very personal to, thing.
1: Yeah, because it's, you know, in the, you've got this backdrop of the politics and the law and the morality of the situation. But at the end of the day, when it's friends versus friends, all of that really goes to the wayside because it's so personal, you know, then potentially making irrational decisions because they're fighting from an emotional point of view as well. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for me. Yeah,
0: definitely. That will be that will be very interesting. But then Cap and Iron Man have this, I, I don't see them as, as friends, but acquaintances in the in the cinematic universe
1: they're like they're they're, they're work mates you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. you know so like there's that interesting part where in the trailer um cap says like he's my friend and then mm-hmm. tony, i used to be once too i was thinking about that and they're like yeah they weren't ever really like really good friends
0: no they weren't close
1: yeah because most of the time like you know the buds in the movie was um tony and bruce banner Right. So they were the science bros and Falcon and um, Cap have been on, So I didn't really see because even in Avengers two, there was a lot of argument like Steve Rogers and Tony Stark were always on different sides of the argument, even in terms of what to do about Ultron and what to do about vision. Like they were, they were always having that sort of adversarial type relationship, which is what made those movies interesting because they weren't always in the same camp. Right.
0: No. And it's, a, it's a very uh, real assessment of, what, how would those people uh, treat each other if they existed in real life? They wouldn't yeah. be best buddies.
1: Yeah, especially like it's it's interesting the way they're written because they're coming from such different points of view in terms of what's why are we fighting and what are we fighting for? You know, so it's quite interesting.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting too uh, because uh, they they are united by by conflict and not by by interests, so to say.
1: Not by a vision. Of what the future should be like. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's a good point. They aren't on the same team because they're sharing and working towards the same goal. Because their goals are slightly different.
0: Their their goal is basically to get... To to pave the way. But they're not sure uh, for what. You remove obstacles that show up on the way that other people have laid out for them. Yeah, it's an interesting with, one. With S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and, and governments.
1: Because Tony Stark's always like... I, I think he's... He's more interested in just sort of the technology and like, you know, putting the bad guys down, whereas Steve Rogers is very much about the morality of who are the bad guys and what price, what do we need to sacrifice in order to take them down? And that he's not willing to cross. And it's interesting then, you know, for even for Bucky, the line that he's not willing to cross is about just handing his friend back. So that's that's like the you know, I, I hope <laughs> so here's the here's the hope uh the hope is that the movie actually starts exploring some of that you know the deeper values that these guys have and where they're coming from with this fight because my fear is that if they don't do that then the, the, it's just going to be just a spectacle of effects but without any real sort of gravity like it's not going to mean anything it's just going to look look nice with lots of explosions
0: yeah but think of uh captain america 2 that was a real that movie was a real surprise it came totally out of left field with, with yeah. all the the themes and and how how they were presented that scene with the shield operator refusing to execute the command and yeah. being th- threatened by like, by hydra that was a a, a great scene that you, you wouldn't have uh, got in in a in a super or you you're not used to in a superhero movie.
1: Well, yeah, it was a quite it was quite a resonant scene with characters that were really like the, the third tier
0: characters of the movie, right? In a, a way, they were, yeah, they were the hero, they were the heroes, and they. It also showed the influence that Steve Rogers has on 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 others, which he has, mm-hmm. hasn't even met or interacted with, just the the, the example that he's for yeah. other people.
1: They're so just inspiring. And what was cool about that scene, too, is that that lets the audience, you know, you put yourself in that guy's shoes, you know, and they're asking you to <laughs> execute the command. What do you do? It'd be interesting to see because, you know, the thing is like it's space. Um, I think in Captain, in um, what's the last one called? The Winter Soldier. In The Winter Soldier, they had like what four or five main characters, which they had to sort of jockey around. Whereas now you've got like there's so many. Like you said, it's Avengers 2.5, and the risk that you have there is just around, do you have enough time to tell a good story with all these characters? <laughs> I heard that <laughs> too
0: late. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can see when you go on mute.
0: I can't hide things from you anymore.
1: Uh, can't hide anything these days. But I mean, look, that's the point, right? Is, um, Should we be able to hide? And that's what the Civil War is about. <laughs> Well, we're about to hit our hour and we've still got a couple of movies to talk about. Yeah, let's close up Civil War. So what's your final thought?
0: Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it, but I'm generally not uh, very excited about uh, the movies because yeah. uh, they're killing comic books. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm excited to seeing it. Uh, it I'm i um, 70% sure that it will be a, a very entertaining movie and it will be... Thought provoking for a superhero movie. Cool.
1: I am kind of along the same line, so I've got faith in the Russo brothers. Hopefully, they recreate the success that was Winter Soldier.
0: I completely forgot that they're also uh, they are also the directors of this movie.
1: Yeah, and they're going to do the next uh, Avengers movies as well. But but let's see if they can do it, right? I mean, let's see if they can balance all these characters and have a compelling story, and you know, have some emotional rip resonance as well with these because that's a that's a that's a tough ask but uh yeah i'm excited for it so let's see how it goes and yeah obviously definitely going to see it i mean i don't think i'm not going to see any of these movies except maybe the ninja turtles
0: <laughs> yeah <I think laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the dvd there
1: all right so let's just go quickly then through the next couple so deadpool february 12th
0: i have no idea what that how, i i um I can't grasp this movie. I can't grasp this movie. I haven't I haven't watched a trailer yet, but my brother is is very excited about it, and no. I've I see the promotional posters and I'm not sure if they're actually promotional posters put out by 20th Century Fox or if it's just fan-made posters.
1: I think that's the genius of this marketing campaign because you're right. They it's so unlike anything else. I actually have no definition for what a good Deadpool movie would be like and therefore I don't know how to measure this one.
0: I mean it would be a a better representation than we got in the the Wolverine Origins movie.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it's I hope I hope it's going to be much better than those movies. But in terms of what I'm expecting, like obviously, you know, it's going to surprise me either way. I think I just don't know whether it's going to be um, so uh, you know, is it going to be a movie that you're going to have to want to watch again? are the jokes just going to be surface level jokes that after you've seen them, you never, you don't really worry about them again. You don't want to see it again. Or is it going to be a movie that will actually have something that's going to want to bring you back into that world and back to this character. And I think that's really the thing for me. I think Deadpool's a great character. I used to read the comics in like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. I can't remember which one. In the heydays, the heydays <laughs> back in the good old days. But, um, yeah, if they can bring that sort of, because, you know, it's a fun character. It's just that I just don't want it to go down the toilet in terms of that, that real MTV style of humor, you know, uh, that, that,
0: would, that would be disappointing. Deadpool would make a great support character in an X-Men movie or in a Marvel movie, which is impossible at this point in time. But yeah, I'm not sure if he can carry his own movie. You know, you have to sit 90 minutes through through a Deadpool movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's ninety so it was, minutes you know, you won't get back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what's awesome is that it works as a you know a thirty second trailer or a two minute short. I think Deadpool works in those contexts. Yes, but you're right. Can he fill out ninety minutes and have enough range uh, and interest for the audience in that time? You know that's going to be the interesting part. So I'm gonna I'll try to see it. I'll try to make sure that I g- g- get in to watch it while it's in the cinemas. But I don't know. I don't know what to expect and how it's going to go. So I guess I'm going to be pleasantly or unpleasantly surprised.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page as you are. <laughs> I have
1: no, no idea. <laughs> I'm going to be surprised either way. Is this whether it's going to be good or bad? It's going to be... Uh, all right. And then uh, X-Men Apocalypse.
0: I don't have any expectations. I- expectations about the X-Men movies anymore.
1: Did you like... Um, what was the last one? Uh, Days
0: of Future Past. Days of Future Past, yeah. It was okay, but it just feels so futile with Marvel trying to to build this uh, big thing that could use the X-Men, but doesn't have the access to it? And then Fox trying to make their own universe?
1: Yeah. Well, I think for the most part, Fox's universe with the X-Men universe, I mean, it's big enough that it can be self-contained. And Marvel, aside from the fact that we had two Quicksilvers and soon potentially two scarlet witches it's it's kind of working it'll be awesome if they were all in one place but then again imagine how much more messed up the marvel cinematic universe would be with even another set of powered characters and yeah they're already building up the inhumans and that's sort of coming down the line what 2020 or something i think that
0: is if they um, make it this long i don't think the inhumans work i'm not watching agents of shield but from what you read on message boards and stuff, it. Doesn't work out like they like they anticipated it to.
1: Really? Okay, I I stopped watching Agents of Shield. I think halfway through the current season. So I haven't. Yeah, I think because when I moved to America, I kind of sort of didn't pick, didn't keep on going with it. It was because the thing is now like I've got to watch all my TV when it's kind of playing, and so I've got to make decisions about what I'm watching and what I'm not watching. And unfortunately, Marvel. Uh, so Agents of Shield and Gotham went to the wayside there, but. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I prefer the X-Men in their own universe where they're only telling X-Men stories. Cause I mean, when I was reading X-Men comics, that's what it was like. I wasn't reading Avengers at the same time. So for me, the X-Men has very special place in my heart because that's the first comics I was ever reading. And it's just, it's large enough that it can be its own, its own super, super soap opera, you know?
0: No, you're right. The X Men would overcomplicate things in the Marvel universe when they are trying to to work out the whole regist- registration act or whatever we're we're gonna get in Civil War, and you have the whole um, racial tension of the X Men on the side. That would be a bit much.
1: Yeah, and the the universe. I I, I like the X Men universe that Fox has created, like so the Brian Singer universe that the dark, the tones of blue, the more scientific aspect of stuff. Um, You know, or the more sciencey aspect of stuff rather than scientific. But, you know, it's a good look and feel. The thing that I'm not sure about with this movie is Apocalypse himself. I don't know if I quite buy into the way the character design is done, but he's a character that's quite dynamic in terms of the way he's going to look on screen and change in terms in size and stuff like that. So it'll be cool to see how they do it. But the Apocalypse, in my mind, is a lot more menacing and a lot more like he just looks too, I don't know, plasticky. He looks like a toy. He looks like they just, you know, model him off a toy. Whereas I want him to be a lot more menacing and dark. I don't know uh,
0: who's who's playing him in the movie. I haven't watched any cast news for this.
1: So I can hear you typing. So I'll I'm let so sorry.
0: <laughs> I, I have to. I have to know this. Uh, it's Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. So yeah, so he's um, okay. Anyway, he's um, Poe Dameron, isn't he? Yes, and. Oh, that will be very interesting to see him to see him play apocalypse because he's a man he he he's got a plan he, he he obviously uh thinks about the roles he takes on and 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 really um infuses them with his uh with with his talent
1: it's a it's a good choice it's a good choice it'll be interesting to see how they pull that off what about the other characters like in in the x-men lineup so I'm t- I'm a bit bummed that Mystique is not blue. Jennifer Lawrence refuses to wear the blue suit, apparently.
0: Okay. Uh, is Jubilee in it and Psylocke?
1: Yeah, Jubilee, Psylocke, Jean Grey, Scott Summers.
0: Oh, Nightcrawler is in it. I'm really excited for Nightcrawler.
1: Yeah, it's my Australian Australian <laughs> countryman re- representing
0: there. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know who, who who's playing it. It's not uh, Alan Comings
1: No, he's a, he's a young Australian actor. Um, Cody Smith McPhee, or something—I think his name is. Because, like, it's the, the whole cast has been effectively rebooted. I think Jennifer Lawrence is the only one who's there. Like, obviously with Magneto and um, Charles Xavier as well. But she's the only her and Beast. The, the guy who's playing Beast um, is the same as well.
0: I don't know what's up with Beast to shoot. I mean, it's it's expensive to shoot scenes with him in the suit for sure to to maintain the the costume and everything he should be in his beast form all the time i think it, it, it takes away from the character that he's in, in 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 human form
1: true i mean i agree with you but i think it's still young beast right and i think young beast is still in terms with his identity and that's why he's in he sort of uses the holographic projector or the um whatever serum he developed to sort of suppress mutant ability because he wants to sort of look normal. Whereas Mystique, on the other hand, her whole point is that we should not apologize for who we are. So that's why I think those two need to need to be different. Like, in terms of Beast is, you know, still coming to terms with who he is, and Mystique is quite comfortable with who she is. She should be blue the majority of the time. Whereas, because older Beast, if you know, the, the Kelsey Grammar Beast, <laughs> which I quite like, um, he was blue all the time. Like, he'd be walking around in his blue...
0: Yeah, but he wore a suit.
1: Yeah, you know, that's... So they... You know,
0: they could they could cover part- parts of his body, and then uh, did not have to build a whole suit for him, a whole fur suit.
1: Yeah, but um, young Beast doesn't go around like even when he's got the fur on, he's not like fully shirtless and stuff. He's not like just walking around like a like a furry ball for a ball. But I mean, it's an interesting character, Beast. The Beast in the comics is a lot more interesting than the Beast in the movies. Yes, yeah, but then again, most of the characters are. So um, the thing that I'm looking forward to with um the X Men, the new X Men cast is. Can we actually get a good Cyclops, you know, for a change—a Cyclops that doesn't just stand around looking at stuff? And I want to see how the how the, the 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 younger versions of these characters do compared to the versions we've seen previously.
0: And it would be interesting to see James McEverroy, um, Professor Xavier uh, grow into uh, the mentor role he probably will assume with this movie. From from what I uh, what I've seen in the trailer, you know, he looks like to grow into the the professor Xavier we saw in the, in the first few X-Men movies
1: to the character. Yeah. I mean, he loses his hair, right? That's the biggest symbolic, uh, threshold of yeah. becoming the Xavier we all know and love. He's not the, he's not the, uh, <laughs> the tortured Charles that we've seen earlier
0: anymore. But uh, that was, that was a neat thing to, to show how he, he, he struggled.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean that, that, that journey was, was cool. So what I'll, What's cool though is that now his journey is over, and he can he can nurture the younger generation into into their journey, you know, or through their journey.
0: But it's it's always um, I think it's uh, quite a challenge to do in, in in movie form. Juggle so many characters who all have different arcs, different powers, different perf- personalities. Um, then they're interacting w- with one another at the school. You have to show how the school struggles to maintain. Uh, Uh, it's it's (laughs) safety yeah
1: which is what i think x-men 2 is still one of my favorite ones you know just showing the attack on the school and stuff like that days of future past was good because that was it actually showed the x-men working as a team you know in future scenarios you actually saw them all using their powers together in a way that was like like an orchestra and that's what the x-men that's what makes the x-men cool um is they're not just randomly blasting stuff they're actually working together and that was just brilliant so here we're going to be, I don't know, like, we're not, we're not going to be seeing that, but we're going to see the start of that. So what I want to see from here is, like, where Xavier, like, how he brings them together as one team, which is, which is interesting because in a lot of the trailers, Mystique is the one leading the younger kids. I don't know how that's going to work. You know, I'm excited for it. I don't know. It could go either way for
0: me. Yeah, I guess... Uh, we will get an interesting performance out of oscar isaac i i think yeah i'll I'll definitely watch it i also tried to to stay away from days of future past but in the end i see i saw it and i guess it's, it'll be the same here when i get the chance i'll i'll look it up
1: all right cool so i think we're pretty much saying we're gonna watch everything so far yeah so just just for some variety what about teenage Mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows
0: uh, <laughs> i haven't seen the first movie yet yeah. And I gave up on the TV show. I'm only reading the the new comics at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rocksteady and Bebop will be in it, and we gonna get Crank. So perhaps it'll be watchable at least. I'm I'm just not very comfortable with Megan Fox and the guy from the comedy guy. Ar- I forgot his name. Will Will really? the the guy from um, Arrested will Development?
1: Ar- oh, Will Arnett. Arnett, yeah. Isn't um, Arrow going to show up as Casey Jones?
0: Oh, yeah. Arrow is going to show up as Casey Jones. even Amar. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I have no interest in this movie. No, no. I'm not doing anything Turtles related. I haven't watched any of the previous ones. Uh, not reading the comics either.
0: The comics are good. Yeah? Unexpectedly good. Oh, I've read really? like 30 issues in, in two days. Wow.
1: Okay. So you're binged. <laughs> So there you go. That's a hot tip. I think that's the first comic-related tip we had. <laughs>
0: yeah, we gave in this show.
1: All right. So anyway, so not more to talk about than the turtles then, because neither of us seem to be interested in watching it.
0: We're very right. indifferent about the turtles.
1: Cool. All right. Suicide Squad, August five. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> I've been letting you go first this whole time. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I
1: don't know. I think I'm. I'm. I'm interested. I'm definitely interested and excited o- o- over this movie. I think. um it's going to be so different to everything else that we've seen. And that excites me. I mean, I'm just, again, the, a lot of the Marvel movies are starting to be formulaic, you know, Ant-Man was just like, well, even any point to watch it, except just to see the effects and see the powers on display, because it all follows the same formula. Whereas this one's going to be, I think just so left field. It's interesting. The character choices and the casting choices also are interesting. I think um, I just want to see how that group works together. It has to be an ensemble kind of thing. Like they all have to have really good chemistry for it to really work. So hopefully they can pull that off. And Jared Leto was the Joker.
0: An interesting choice. At least. Talking
1: about like your drug junkie. (laughs) That's what he's coming across as. Like he's not so much coming across as the Heath Ledger, just chaos loving psychopath. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's extreme. And in a way that doesn't make the Joker cool, which is also what's cool about it. Like you'd, the Heath Ledger Joker, you could, you know, people wanted to emulate that, you know, in, in the sense of, you know, it was a great, um, it was a cool costume you could put on on Halloween. But I think the Jared Leto Joker is just so, just so dirty, you know, <laughs> that's what makes it interesting to me.
0: The idea is definitely good, but I, I don't, I I really don't have much hope for Suicide Squad.
1: yeah. Hope in terms of box office, or or just in terms of being good.
0: I don't. I don't know how to how to say it. I'm all for. I'm all for the concept of uh, putting. I, I like the story, um, but I dig the thing that John John Ostrander did in the comics of really uh, going into the into the characters themselves, making them more than just uh, cookie villains. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't get that from from the trailer. It it perhaps from 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 Will Smith, but all the other things. I, I don't know. I don't want to watch uh, bad people do, do shit or trying to do no. the right thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm interested in the concept of spending 90 minutes uh, with that concept instead of the 15 minutes I spend with a comic book.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, is this a group of people that you want to hang out with? And if none of them really show a sense of humanity, do you really want to spend time with them? Yes. Because Deadshot, is the one that's got the most depth, I think. Yes, all the other ones are kind of surface characters, like you know the shark guy. I don't don't even know his name, but you know, can they actually make that a character that you would care about in the story? You know, uh, and if you if you can't, then why why would you even watch this?
0: It would be another thing to to play it like uh like the Rogues uh, in the Flash because they they you see the humanity in them, although they are bad guys and they did some some very very bad things, uh, mm-hmm. and you you shouldn't. Uh, you shouldn't like them in any way, but they're they still retain a bit of their humanity. And I, I don't see it uh, in 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 Suicide Squad. It looks like a movie for for a certain audience. And I don't want to I don't want to insult anybody, but it looks just so so generic. And it's it's the GTA of movies. The GTA of movies, the Grand Theft Auto. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's something that's that's interesting on the surface but I don't want to spend hours with it.
1: It's slick and sexy, but not really doesn't have a lot of substance.
0: Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm tired of Harley Quinn. I I can't stand her. I'm so sorry for, for saying that. Uh,
1: She's an interesting character, but I think we've just had, not so much had so much, but there's just so much of hype around Harley Quinn that I don't know, it could go, it could go bad really quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's sad because, uh, Oh man, how how can I put it without offending people? Uh, we need we need more good female characters in media. I'm I'm all for it, but um, Harley Quinn is example. <laughs> yeah. Harley <laughs> Quinn is just overexposed. It, it uh, you liked her in Batman the animated series. Now she's here, and now she's here, and now she's here, and now she's more of a of a psychopath. And now she, now we address the abuse she has suffered at the Joker's hands. And now we're putting it under the table to get her together with the Joker again. She doesn't seem cohesive to me. Because yeah. in the movie, uh, I don't know if the, the whole Joker issue that was addressed in the comics is addressed in the movies or in the movie.
1: The, uh, you mean like her history with the
0: Joker? Yes. Uh, they, I don't yeah. read the comics, but I, I was told that uh, at some point in the comic, uh, she mentions that... She, uh, her relationship with the Joker was an abusive one, for, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 she she burned that bridge, so to say. And I'm not sure if they're going for for this in the in the movie to make her uh, to make her independent of of the Joker. I guess they'll do, because...
1: Well, did you watch the animated movie, the the Suicide Squad animated movie?
0: No, I haven't watched that.
1: Yeah, probably, you know, just like you were saying before, is this a set of characters I want to spend some time with. The animated movie is worth watching just because it's effectively um, a blueprint for what this movie is going to be like, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Then I'll check it out. Check it out for sure.
1: Yeah, because it does... You know, Harley Quinn is quite interesting in that movie and the questions around her relationship with the Joker and the stage that that relationship is at is addressed in in that animated movie. It's definitely worth checking out.
0: Okay, then I'll I'll, I'll look it up. I think I have the DVD somewhere. I bought it because I bought all the the animated movies at some point.
1: Oh, so yeah, sit down. Spend your 90 minutes and then let us know what you think. Um all right yeah so for me look it's going to be a it's going to be a definite watch but I, I'm going to hold my judgment until I see see it I think cuz again it could not so much go either way but you know it's, it's it's an exciting concept I just don't know whether I'm going to enjoy it yeah it's
0: I'm um, what I'm really What I'm looking forward to is Killer Croc because that's a character you can do a lot with it. Have you read uh, the Batman Earth Two comic books? No, I haven't. Spoiler for Batman Earth Two: in the in the second uh, in the second volume, he fights Killer Croc, but the fight ends with Killer Croc saying, "Hey, if you if you wanna kill me, please kill me. I want it to be over because I'm already uh, I don't fit into society already, and." Batman takes him under his, his wings, so to say, and he lives together with Alfred and Bruce in the mansion at the end of the of the volume. Right. And that's such a neat way to use the character and uh, to show that he's not only a monster, but there's, he's a human being. I, I didn't
1: get that. I didn't know much about that character, but that, that does make it interesting in terms of what his... If they can surface his perspective and his uh, story in a good way...
0: Yeah. They don't have to oh. make him a good a good guy, so to say, but just show us uh, a bit of the of the of the consciousness that lives inside that body.
1: Yeah, I'm all about internal torment. You know, I want to see these characters struggle. That's the humanity we need to see. So interesting. There you go. So Killer Croc's your hot tip, but you don't really care about Harley Quinn because <laughs> she just looks over the top. I'm interested to see how Joker turns out and um and how how they play out. You know, the individual. Uh, story arcs for these characters so are how, they even, how can
0: they work together
1: yeah are they even going to bother with that or are they just going to do it as like let's just make a cool movie full of explosions you know and then gambit
0: is that even coming out is that a reality
1: it says october 7 on the list oh. here, but uh i don't know channing tatum as gambit, as gambit i'm not expecting much again it feels like a money grab yes. after the wolverine stuff Um, obviously because he's not going to be in, um, he's not going to be in X-Men apocalypse. I don't think, or maybe he's going to have a cameo, but I'm not expecting much.
0: If they get the guy who played him in the second Wolverine movie, uh, kitsch, something like that. Taylor kitsch. Yeah. Um, he was uh, a fine choice for Gambit. I don't know why they, they went with, uh, Channing Tatum.
1: I think Taylor kitsch just doesn't draw an audience.
0: Yeah. Not after John Carter.
1: Yeah. He was John Carter. Wasn't he? Yeah. (laughs) um, Whereas Channing Tatum, I think, is you know a bigger name for sure. I just don't know whether he's got draw as well because Jupiter Ascending was terrible. And what else did he make recently? He's in the Hail Season movie now. I think that's just a small role though. And Magic Mike. But again, you know, Gambit to me is the cool, suave beef. Got a very—he's got a dark streak. I don't know if I can see Channing Tatum pulling that off. No, I think the only thing he's got going for him is the fact that he's from New Orleans. Always from from you know that area, but yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: Perhaps he, he has a, a surprise in store for us because, like you, you said earlier, with um the Joker who played the Joker in the Dark Knight, uh, Heath Ledger, yeah, he surprised everybody with yeah, his performance. True,
1: true, but remember the flack that Heath Ledger was getting over playing the Joker was that he had just done Brokeback Mountain. You know, when,
0: oh, when really? it was uh, just after or yeah. uh, just before well, the, the Dark Knight, I think
1: the casting was done just no, like not because the casting announcement was done just as Brokeback Mountain was out. Right. So people were like, that was the, the last kind of thing he'd done before he got announced as the Joker. And then filming took took another year and a half or something or at least another two years maybe before the Dark Knight was finished. And also nobody thought that Jack Nicholson's Joker could be topped. Right. So it was a combination of two things because everyone was like, "What we're going to get the Brokeback Mountain guy is the Joker. No one can beat Jack Nicholson. Like that was effectively the narrative and the argument, which was the the same for um, for Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Right. Because everyone still points to Daredevil, which was like, you know, a decade ago now. It's like, you know, he doesn't, you know, Ben Affleck can't play Bruce Wayne. He doesn't have the depth even though Argo had just come out,
0: you know? Exactly, like, exactly. That's what I wanted to say. Ben Affleck came a long way since Daredevil.
1: And, and that's, that's kind of the argument I think I'm trying to put together in this whole thing about Channing Tatum and his Gambit, is Heath Ledger and Ben Affleck are both really good actors, you know, in terms of range and being able to sort of um, mold, mold a character where I don't know if Channing Tatum can do that. I don't know whether he's got the 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 depth of of acting ability to be able to pull that off because he's good at playing the pretty boy.
0: Yeah, but can he can he can he play Gambit?
1: Yeah, because Gambit. I mean, as well as being, is Gambit's not just cool and suave and the character that everyone wants to be. He's got he's got a dimension to him which is dark, and you know, there's a lot of betrayal and there's a lot of there's a lot of like history to his character in terms of what the character. Who the character is working for, why the character does what he does, being able to lie convincingly but also show that it's a lie and that there's a there's a deeper, darker truth underneath. All these things, like that, you know, that's what makes Gambit cool. And I, and, and even the way Taylor Kitsch played Gambit, which was very much just about, oh, I'm just going to play cards and be cool and like you know, I can do all this cool stuff with my explosions. It's just it's it's very surface of what Gambit needs to be, especially. In a solo movie, you can't have a solo, because that's effectively, like, effectively being a James Bond type character. And even James Bond these days has, you know, nuances to, to the character.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a modern, it's a modern age, people demand that.
1: Well, you know, it's just more realistic. In, in, in the 80s, you could have characters that were like, you know, that were like perfect, <laughs> you know, do everything well. But these days, people kind of, you know, audiences tend to reject that. They want to see characters that are a little bit more realistic and a little bit, a little bit darker. Showing some sort of struggle, you know.
0: And yeah, Gambit has a lot of struggle.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember, I don't know, spoilers for the, the, the 90s run of X-Men, but <laughs> just like what, you know, the fact that he was working for Mr. Sinister and stuff like that, you know, it was like there was a lot of stuff going on, which was which makes the character interesting. Which, you know, it, I'll be interested to watch the movie. I'll be interested in the first trailer, though. Like, It'll be interesting to see when that trailer comes out, What how they're going to set it in terms of tone, and um, how they're going to pitch the character.
0: Yeah, but if it comes out in, in October, you said? October 7th? Yeah. We should have heard something or seen production photos or something like that.
1: Yeah, but th- that's true.
0: It's only 10 months.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Or eight months eight now. Months,
0: it's February already. It's...
1: So I don't know whether that's still on schedule, but it's on the list here. Um, Interesting. So we'll see. And then November four, Doctor Strange. Because you're right, like Gambit should be ahead of Doctor Strange in terms of its marketing machine. And Doctor Strange has already released, like, Empire magazine covers and stuff, so...
0: Yeah, and we got, uh, we got the comic book, uh, so you remember that there is a Doctor Strange out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he had a pretty big part to play in the... Um, what was it? Secret Wars? Doctor Strange was...
0: Uh, uh, in, in, you, in, in Yeah, Secret Wars. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Confused two events.
1: Yeah. So, Secret Wars, Doctor Strange was, like, the second-in-command to Doom, yeah, right? He was they were,
0: Sheriff Strange.
1: yeah. So, you know, he's a pretty interesting character. The thing that annoys me with Doctor Strange, though, is, like, I think, what was the, the, the Thanos, the last Thanos crossover? That was probably from a year or two ago. Yeah, um, Infinity. Yeah, they always manage to just brainwash him or something and just take, take you know, <laughs> convince him to do spells that do bad things. This movie doesn't sort of go down that path.
0: I don't understand. I mean, I like Doctor Strange, but he shouldn't play too big of a role in the in the marvel universe he should just stick to his corner protect the world from from all uh, magical threats
1: yeah and i think that you know he needs that's the realm that's his niche right so he needs to not so much stay there but you know that's effectively his value proposition <laughs> yeah is that he's, he's managing that so we don't have to worry about it so i don't think yeah he you know for the most part He's kind of like a mystic. He's kind of like the the medicine man that lives outside of the village that takes care of the village. And so I don't see him fully getting involved in all of the Avengers politics and things like that.
0: But did they have to incorporate the magic into the Avengers somehow? I think you don't cast Benedict Cumberbatch only for 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 one movie.
1: Well, I think yeah, because Avengers are slowly so they've uh, they're slowly introducing magic into the into the Marvel Universe, right? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think a lot of Scarlet Witch's powers will be magic-based. I don't think they're like, they they don't have a scientific basis, is what I understand. So it could be that as they go forward, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange will have more interactions, potentially um, that's so they'll explain her power set coming out of magic because everyone else's powers comes out of science, right?
0: Yeah, for the most part. But they said that uh, in the... The journey to the qu- quantum realm in Ant-Man somehow uh, ties into Doctor Strange. So perhaps they they have this uh, techno magical approach to to well, his craft.
1: Yeah, they could always go with the fact you know the the concept that magic is just science that's so advanced we don't understand Standard, how it yeah. works. So yeah, so you know going that deep into in, into the into science could give them their way to. Um, to explain magic, so Doctor Strange is just using a science that's so advanced that it doesn't—we don't understand how it actually works. The same with Scarlet Witch's power set, I guess. But it, again, interesting because it opens up, you know, the multiple realms and the demon realms and gateways to, to different dimensions and stuff like
0: that. So, yeah, and we also get uh, a Defenders series from uh, from Netflix after after four shows or after four characters are introduced, and I wonder if they if they'll go up against Dormammu. Was the the yeah. big bad guy?
1: Well, Doctor Strange. So this is the thing, right? This is, that's going to be the Netflix universe, which is related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's the same. It's the same place, but the, it's the scale that's different. So, do you think Doctor Strange would go from the movies into Netflix?
0: Mm, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Or, or, or will he? I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure because. Um,
1: It'll be cool if, if the Netflix people start showing up in the movies
0: <laughs> in the fight. They <laughs> said that Daredevil won't show up uh, in, a, in the Avengers movie.
1: Oh, right. Okay. It's a shame.
0: Yeah, it would be really not, It would be really great because... Um, what's the name of the actor who plays Daredevil? Is it Charlie Cox or something? Charlie Cox, yes. Thank you. And he's he, he has the jobs to also pull off a movie. He acted yeah, in several so. oh, movies. Really
1: good. I really liked him as Daredevil. Uh, he did a great... And Jessica Jones was good as well. I think it was very different. It was kind of like that's, you know, genre television at that stage. So it was it was interesting and it didn't, you know, it wasn't following the same formula. So I I, I liked I liked going through those.
0: Yeah, and both uh, Jessica Jones is, is, you know, it's a testament to what uh, superheroes can do, the power of storytelling.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that's the point and which is what made Civil War so good as well, is that it's not really about, the superheroes themselves is that you just use the superheroes as a vehicle to tell a good story. And to do, um,
0: how should I put it? Um, To talk about uh, a topic uh, that is very uh, (laughs) uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. It's very hard to talk about the topics that we, that were uh, explored in Jessica Jones and and, and getting superheroes as a, how should I put it? As a a blanket to put all over it.
1: Yeah. To make us feel comfortable Comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, and you know that's the power of that's the power of the characters and the the power of the medium. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, we that's what we get as we go forward with these movies as well. That they're not just they're not just excuses for the characters to just blow shit up. That we're, we can actually use them as vehicles to to you know explore yes some thing, subjects
0: modern myths.
1: They are. I mean, you know, that's the whole super gods thing, right? Is back in the day we had. Um, you know, to try to explain the world and explain the way things were happening, we used myths of um, you know Apollo and Zeus and Mercury, and eventually, you know, those gods died away. But now we've got Batman, and Superman, and, and Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love how I put him in the same league as Batman and Superman? <laughs> and it's so great because the, the,
0: you know the Gospel of Gambit.
1: The Gospel of Gambit. The Gambit would be a super interesting character to show morality stories you know yes. the difference between right and wrong how far should you go to do something you know that's that's what that character's all about it's not just i can charge up cards and be all cool and suave so sometimes what is the right thing <laughs> you know <laughs> what is the right thing because sometimes you don't know what's the right thing to do so uh, and, and and that's that that's that's the interesting part about gambit um just speaking about characters that are showing up randomly, we didn't talk about Spider-Man in Civil oh, War. Oh,
0: yeah, we forgot Spidey.
1: Uh, what do you think of that? You, you think we are ready for another Spider-Man or do you think they should have just shelved that?
0: Oh, we are ready for Spider-Man, but we are ready for uh, Miles Morales and not Peter Parker. I think Peter Parker is a great legacy character, but he's a thing of the past. And in, in my opinion, we need a new Spider-Man. We need a new 15-year-old kid that puts on the suit and goes out there and, and tries to do the right thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I think Peter Parker was, was, is a great character, but we've just won. We've had so many Peter Parker movies. Now we've watched uncle Ben so many times that I'm traumatized by it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can take it one more time, but the thing that makes Spider-Man cool and interesting is that he should be like representative of, You know, I mean, I don't want to say the youth, but he should be representative of today. And the Peter Parker character is from the '60s, right? So he's he's representative of the '60s. Whereas Miles Morales, you know, that character is just so fresh and would bring a dimension into the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we don't have. We don't have the young voice because all these all the Marvel heroes really are kind of really old. You know, (laughs) they're all in in their like you know late 20s or 30s and up. Because you know, I, I think. Black Widow is one of the youngest characters, isn't she?
0: I think so. I don't know how old uh, Ant-Man is. Yeah, but I mean yeah, he, like,
1: he looks like mid, he, he looks like at least 30s. So Black Widow would be like one of the cuz she's in her 30s too, right? Yeah. So they're all like, you know, in that sort of mature range. And we talked earlier about Bruce Wayne. So they they're still heroes and they're figuring themselves out as heroes, but I want to, you know, the Spider-Man character as a teenager figuring it out, not even knowing who he is yet, but also trying to do the right thing and trying to do good with all of the complexities of the world as it is now, without the baggage of having to do the storylines for Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane, and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's just, that's just too much baggage because that's so sixties, you know, that's so like, worrying about going to prom and worrying about, you know, that sort of stuff. It's like Miles Morales, I don't know if he's done that. Like he's dealing with a very different set of issues in his comics.
0: Yeah we're we're getting educated we're getting educated in 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 other problems than like you said going to prom or being uh, being bullied uh, by people at school Miles Morales yeah. offers a whole new range of uh, of of issues of real life issues that we um we uh, some people can't experience because of of their uh skin color and and uh, social status
1: Yeah and just like you a- What's cool about his story too, you know, growing up in the shadow of the Peter Parker Spider Man is that he can see all these examples of heroes and he's also trying to work out how do I be a hero. Yeah. You know, looking at these guys, looking at these legends that I have in my media. You know, and so you think about kids growing up now and they've just inundated with like the internet. They've got access to all this information. They've got all these examples of, you know, good things to do and bad things to do, right? Um, and that's where, I'm, that's the context that Miles has for his life as well, you know? So yeah, it's just, it'll be so cool if we could get that. But, you know, I can understand that nobody really knows who Miles Morales is. And so it's tough to try to launch that character. it's also tough. You know, part of the Miles Morales genesis is that he needs Spider Man as an example. Like Peter Parker needs to exist in order for Miles Morales to exist. And I think maybe that's, you know, what I'd like to see is that eventually Peter Parker dies
0: <laughs> <laughs> in, in Civil War and Miles like, Morales takes up.
1: Which is what happened in the Ultimate Universe, right? So Peter Parker was there for like what? I don't know, 30 issues or something? Okay, he was there for a while. He knew he went through all the storylines and all the Spider-Man stuff that he needed to go through.
0: And then he died, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, massive spoiler, but Peter Parker died, and that's when Martin Morales kind of just picks up the mantle.
0: Do we need the Do we need the Peter Parker in the in the cinematic universe at least? Because uh, people are already familiar with uh, Captain America, Falcon, and so on. So we could have introduced a completely new Spider-Man. As well, because uh, it's not uh, the comic reading audience only anymore. I mean, they are driving uh, a lot of the of the revenue for the for the movies. But it would be great for all the the, the non comic readers to experience a com- a completely new Spider Man.
1: Do you read um, um, the Miles Morales Spider Man?
0: Uh, here okay. and there, I'm not a. Uh, I'm I'm a bit allergic to everything that has Spider Man on it at the moment. <laughs>
1: So I picked it up like maybe a year or two ago when I read it's the first couple of runs, like the, the, the Bendis issues, I think. A lot of the struggle that Miles has is when he's reflecting on what he's doing and what Peter Parker would have done. So because in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker gets revealed as Spider-Man. So everybody knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And then when, when he dies, like there's a massive funeral and stuff like that. And Miles Morales, when he starts picking up the role of spider-man like he's he tries to emulate peter parker and a, a lot of a lot of the things that he does is um he's thinking about what would peter do and i think if you have a brand new character as miles morales could you still do that you know could you still have does he need peter parker in order to exist or will the character of miles morales itself be very different if peter parker wasn't there and so that's why i think you would have peter parker first and then
0: and then have him miles die. Morales yeah. Yeah, that's a point. That's a point for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, I'm just trying to put that together in my head as I was talking, so it's a little bit all over the place maybe. But, um, yeah, because Mary Jane and Aunt May actually are in the Miles Morales Spider-Man comics. Oh, they are? And they they give him advice. And, he you know, they're friends. They know who he is, and he knows knows who they are. And, um, like, they feature in as a part of his inner voice, and peter parker features in as as a part of his inner voice as well. so i think those characters are so intricately kind of um tied to each other that it's hard i think to just launch miles morales by himself. so i mean that that would be the only thing that i would i would do sorry not the only thing i would do but that 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 would be the, the way that i would see being able to bring miles morales in.
0: so have peter parker for about to to actually bring peter parker in as a mentor character for the for the next for the next spiderman for the next iteration so to, so to say Bring the character, uh, you know, an evolution of the character, uh, but how should I put it? An evolution of the mantle and and not the character.
1: Yeah. So that's the thing. I think that needs to be the roadmap that Sony and uh, Marvel build on is that Peter Parker needs to be introduced. Peter Parker needs to lead and leave behind a legacy of just being the super awesome character that, you know, New York City loves and would inspire kids like Miles Morales. Yeah. To do right. the
0: right thing. Or to do,
1: to be when, yeah. When he does die, that gives Miles Morales, you know, that would then be able to introduce Miles Morales into the fold.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't thought about it that way to, to go the Batman route, uh, so to say, to build a, a, a spider family, so to say.
1: Yeah. I, I would recommend that you read um the, the first, so they've, the Brian Michael Bendis run on the Miles Morales Spider-Man it's worth reading. Yeah, it
0: I, is got, pretty- I got the run. I have it. Uh, it's it's on on Marvel Unlimited, so I, I I can read it. But I started reading the new series, Sp- uh, Spider Man. It's only Spider Man. The Amazing Spider Man is Peter Parker now, and Spider Man are the, the Miles Morales things. And oh, right, I okay. wasn't blown away by the by the first issue. I I thought it was a bit too bendy see, or bendy's trying to. I don't know. It felt stale. <laughs>
1: it felt too bendy see. Really. <laughs> okay. I haven't read that one, but I'm gonna check it out then i got to see what this definition of two bend is. No,
0: it's, it's, it's good, but, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm just, I'm just at the moment I'm, I'm tired of, of, of Spider-Man. I'm, I'm just like, like Harlequin. Uh, I'm just, you just had enough. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, let's, you know, get through what you're reading now. And then by the time the movies come out anyway, we'll see how you feel. So, <laughs> so dude, we've, we've, we're almost at two hours. So
0: should this, we do a yeah. short comic book thing? yeah okay I'll be I'll really brief over. you can you can start that one Tom King's vision read it it's amazing it's uh the vision builds a family for himself oh. and tries to to uh emulate being a human being uh through this family and also uh educate the family in being human and the big crux uh, in the whole thing is that the family already is more human than than the vision is. Is that a spoiler? No, 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 no I'm not. I'm not spoiling <laughs> anything. There are a lot of uh, surprises. We're only four issues in now, but it's definitely uh, more. Uh, it's it's a really great series, and uh, I I really hope that Tom King is the new writer of of Batman once the oh. whole rebirth thing starts. Yeah, because uh, the man's great. Sheriff of Babylon is also a, a great comic book.
1: So that's a. Uh... That's a monthly?
0: That's a monthly, yeah. But read it in trades. I, I, I decided to, to wait for the trades after I've read the first the first issue because I think it's better consumed uh, in, in longer story chunks. Ah,
1: right. Okay,
0: cool. Uh, what's also great is uh, Shutter, which had issue 18 come out this week. Uh, I call it uh, Saga for, for the rich. Oh, saga for of the, the rich. Okay. If, if you've got the $4 uh, left. Uh, to also read it because it's it's not that um, how should I put it obviously offensive as Saga tries to be sometimes they're trying mm-hmm. to offend uh, I feel that Saga tries to offend people that are not reading the comic book <laughs> but right. the, I want uh, Saga is great but I think. Uh, shutter is is a bit better i like it uh, i like it uh, a bit more
1: that's that's a great concept you know if a comic can offend people who are not reading the comic so they read it and then they're not offended
0: anymore anymore yeah <laughs> that is at the point yeah i thought that shot uh saga was setting out to do that thing but you know i'm, I'm already a, a very liberal person I'm 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 okay with everything that uh, Saga Saga is doing. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I feel like it's this this thing you can shove into into other people's faces. Right. And I'm I'm yeah, not sure big if big I'm okay with that, that. or with, okay. with using it as 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 a vehicle for doing that.
1: Mhm. Yeah, you, you you don't want it to be you don't want it to politicize anything, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, comi- comics should be fun. Comics should be educational. Yeah, but on on the other yeah. hand, uh, you know, we, we we need to, especially in these days, we need to offend people to get them to think about about things, I guess.
1: Well,
0: yeah. There's I no other think, way. You
1: know, it's not so much about offensiveness, but it's about challenging, right? Yeah, yeah challenge. yeah, challenge
0: people. Yeah, that's a, a much better world, challenge the world, world view.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, that's the point of our, that's the point of our podcast <laughs> here is challenge people. presenting our different
0: perspectives on
1: on all this stuff so
0: and what i'm what i'm really um surprised by is the jam and the holograms comic
1: yeah really yes i saw this on comicology and i'm like "Eh, i don't know if i'm gonna go down that one it feels very richy rich and kind of archy to me but is it
0: (laughs) yeah it it is to a certain degree but it has this unique charm to it Mm -hmm. that i'm somehow i can't resist it I, I say it as it is. I buy every every issue. I bought the okay. trade. I bought the the cover collection boxes that came out for the first two issues. I like the the art very much by um, it, it's Sophie Campbell now. Right. I, I don't know. It has as I as I said, it has this unique charm and this. There's there's a moment in the latest issue where the the singer of the of the Misfits, Pisas, I think her name is. Uh, mm. Her cat's named uh, McMartigan, and <laughs> her band names are wondering where she got that name from, and she whispers something like, uh, "Watch classic movies, you savages." <laughs> and, and All right. It's it's moments like this that that uh, make me enjoy the book so much right. because it's presented in in. It's not this over. It's not trying to to grab you by the the nostalgia uh, color so to say and then spin you around but it just feels natural it feels that these people those people like the things they like because they are they are built this way so to say and right. not because tumblr tells them to like them <laughs> okay i'm so sorry they, i mentioned the website but it's no, no
1: no no they they are their own characters yeah they, they feel not natural and, what's cool and what's just you know what's trendy yeah
0: yeah absolutely and and yeah. you know, so that first novel I the book.
1: come across is authentic, right?
0: Yeah, I really Ooh. I really dig the book, and those are my those are my three, three um main titles at the moment. I just got the latest uh, Master Keaton uh, book in. That's a, uh, mm-hmm. an older manga about a, a former SAS agent who's working as a insurance. He checks insurance cases for the validity. Yeah, and that's very neat as well because. It, it, when you hear the concept you think of a very dry uh, procedural thing but it's it's not it's it's a comic about uh the human condition to a certain degree it can be funny it can be sad there's a, a lot of action then there's there's no action at all you have uh vin- vignettes that are only talking heads right okay it's it's really wow. good and it's it's the fifth volume now and i thought after the second volume well what what will they show me now there, there's there's how will they they, you can't pull off the same trick 10 times and excite people with it but uh, at the end of of book four i i was sad that book five i finished it in october i think and i was sad that book five was wasn't arriving until february next year
1: all right see you gotta wait you you, got a season break now (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) but perhaps that's a good thing if you read them in if you binge on it perhaps it it's it's not that good anymore. Right. But yeah, that, those are those are my main things at the moment. I read a ton more, but I have to say that digital comics or the the, the di- digital distribution made me even more aware of a certain quality I'm looking in comic books these days. In,
1: is that in terms of quality of production or quality of story? A
0: quality of story. I, I dropped a lot of the of DC and Marvel titles when I I went to digital.
1: Yeah. And that's the, I mean, that's the, that's the thing as well for me is that, you know, I was reading comics, uh, like Marvel back in the nineties and two thousands, in the early two thousands, but it just seems to be going around in circles. Like I'm not, it's like, "Eh, how many more times do we have to do this? You know? So I'm more interested now in character type stories, you know, I, I want to see those cool arcs and I don't want interesting, compelling characters rather than just, you know, new displays of power and Explosions. Yes. So I'm. I was. You know. I'm looking into. I'm enjoying Saga. Um. I just was looking at the Wicked and the Divine. Um, my friend got that one, so I might borrow that one of him just to check it out and see what that's like. I liked the Young Avengers run that Kieran Gillian did. Really? Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> said really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh God. It's not. <laughs> it's not bad, but I, I. I don't know. I. I didn't like it, uh, but mainly mainly because of, of Marvel Boy. Yeah. Uh, that was a, that was the deal breaker for me.
1: I was a Young Avengers fan from like, the because like, I think I've read all of the Young Avengers um little mini story, mini title things that they've had. Um, and this one was, this was fun. It started off really good and I really liked the way they did the characters, especially young Loki. But the ending, eh, kind of stumbled on the dismount, I think. But um, overall it was enjoyable. Like the art was really good.
0: Yeah, Jeremy Kelby um, is great. Yeah, so
1: it's I thought that static, was quite... It's static, but great. It's static, but innovative and dynamic at the same time. Like, it feels, it feels. I don't know, really, it's it's beautiful to look at, you know, especially the, the double-page spreads and stuff. It's just, the panel work is amazing, I thought. Um, so I don't know if, you know, The Wicked and, and, and The Divine look and feel, it feels like more of the same. So I just want to see what the story and the characters are like, so I can get into that. And I, I like what they do with music. Um, that team so there's a lot of music references and stuff
0: Uh, perhaps Uh, that's the the, my achilles heel with the gillen's work because i'm not that versatile when it comes to music as as him and perhaps i don't get a lot of the references
1: right yeah well i listen to pretty much everything
0: (laughs) so then you're perfect for for him yeah
1: so maybe maybe it gels better with me so um Cool. So aside from that, I don't think, you know, I started reading novels again. So, oh, yeah, but that's, you know, probably won't have time to get into that now. But I I do want to sort of keep on going with my comics and stuff. Um, There's a great, it was, it was a great war and peace movie that's currently playing on History Channel, I think. And uh, it's making me want to read war and peace. So we'll see. We'll see if I end up doing that.
0: That's, that's a thick book from what I've heard.
1: Massive book. Yeah, that's a binge read in itself, I think. <laughs> so we'll see anyway. Um, but aside from that, so what else did we have on our list to talk about?
0: Wait, let me check it. Do, 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 um, do. We almost we, did everything.
1: Almost did everything. So we were planning on doing a one hour show, but we have been, yeah, we've been
0: at the two hour mark.
1: Well, worked out well, I think. Yeah. Um, doing well. So, what did, so maybe we should do a wrap up, right?
0: what did we talk about today martin so we checked out our opinions and our hopes and fears for the upcoming superhero movie slate for 2016 we talked about star wars episode 7 we um, also
1: talked about
0: tax we also talked about tax yeah
1: and shipping things into america and austria <laughs> <laughs> So as randomly um So, yeah, so maybe we'll just end it there um, and we will try to be a lot faster and more professional. Next time, yeah. But, you know, baby steps. Baby steps, yeah. We're doing this for fun. But if there are any comments, I'm sure Martin will come up with some sort of way (laughs) to let us know how to.
0: I will add a bit with all the the contact information. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, uh, if somebody liked it or disliked, disliked it, please let us know. Please don't be too angry about it.
1: Unless it's like a massive obvious thing that we should have known as geeks and really didn't. Yeah,
0: but <laughs> I'm always open to be corrected because nobody can know anything. Uh, nobody can know everything.
1: Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's all it's all about having fun. So yeah, it's why we're here. So hope you guys enjoyed. Whoever's listening. I'm Niv from Chicago.
0: I'm Martin from Vienna.
1: And we're signing off. Till next time. Goodbye.
0: Martin from the future here again. You can reach us via email at asteroidsinexile at gmail.com. We have a blog online at asteroidsinexile.wordpress.com. We're working on getting an account on all the social media outlets that are out there. Uh, And our intro music comes courtesy of the band Safe States, which you can uh, find in the show notes or you just search for them on Bandcamp. Thanks for your time.